0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me... Based on the human that inspired the toy, it's Arturo Zurita. Don't get it twisted, there's a difference between
1: the two that inspired the cartoon, I would say. But we got a special guest today,
0: yes. We also have the unofficial third host of Intercut, yeah, it's special, Amanda, actually. the man.
2: <laughs> What's up? Thank you so much for having me back. I love being here.
0: We had to of bring in the Jedi, we... yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We have to bring in the Jedi to talk about all of this Disney news, all this Star Wars news and Marvel news, but we've also finally got our discussion of Mank, as well as what we've been watching a lot to talk about on this week's show. Uh, We've also got the panel that are going to be reassembled for when we do our best movies and best TV shows of the year. So hopefully you're excited for that video, too. I don't know if either of you uh, have been starting to whittle down your lists at all. Like, I feel like I've got a solid top 26, uh, but I'm still trying to watch stuff. And I just watched something last night that I might talk about a little bit that that actually entered maybe my top 12.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm trying to catch like a handful of things just to close it out. But uh, I'm getting there, I
1: think. I'm looking at yeah. the Sundance 2021 lineup, guys. I don't I don't even know what <laughs> you're yeah, to I focus know. on. <laughs> but we also got yeah. the Sundance uh, Crew,
0: so so we have some stuff to talk about a little there too with the announcements. Totally. Too much stuff to talk about. In a little bit, we will get to Disney Investor Day and the Sina- Sundance lineup announcement. Announcement, But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercutpod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at intercutpod. That's at intercut, P-O-D. That's short for podcast. And remember to leave us a five-star review on the apple podcast itunes store makes me really happy makes all of us really happy you know i could use that that dopamine as we get into the holidays and the colder weather you know i just think selfishly you should leave us a five-star review but art and amanda let's start the show the way we started every week here with what we are watching art start us off what you've been watching buddy Wrapped up the Small Axe uh, collection of films,
1: and I didn't think it would get better than Red, White, and Blue, and somehow he mastered another five out of five Ooh. in an hour. Like, I don't know how he's doing it in an hour, but I think that's been the biggest point. Like, we're surprised that there's five Steve McQueen films. The fact that mm-hmm. they're the length of what the Wyoming tapes were practically in comparison, that he's able to get so much uh, story, so many emotions, and just so much thought in barely over the hour, Mark, that uh, I found it absolutely fascinating. Uh, education, I believe, is also based off of the true story. Um, and it follows uh, a kid who pretty much just is not given the proper education in the where he's from over in the UK, mainly because the entire system is set for, for his failure. And it's not just that system within the kid, but it may be the systems within the parents and making sure that they're too busy to even supervise the kids. And uh, I found it absolutely riveting somehow the the movie's about to wrap up and you don't think it can get any better. And they hit you with just back-to-back different things. Um, yeah, It's up there with Red, White, and Blue for me. I highly recommend it, uh, as well as the whole collection of films, because uh, as we've been talking about them, he's really been pushing the idea that, yes, they are films. And mm-hmm. the whole name derives from the saying of, you may be the big tree, but we are the small X. And together, collectively, nice. take it down, so... Uh, shout out Steve McQueen like we've been doing every this Is a Steve McQueen podcast that's what I should have written on the board practically
0: <laughs> yeah we are we are an unofficial Steve McQueen and Small Axe podcast at this point because we keep bringing it up but it's because you know it's five really interesting movies Education as Art mentioned is one of the better ones of them I, I have it below uh, Lover's Rock and Mangrove which are my two mm. favorites but uh, you know he's, he's your two favorites are All Red White and Blue Education so it, yeah. it, it, it's got a whole there's a whole lot of good stuff to watch Uh, Yeah, I think what's so great about this movie is how it kind of... Sort of systematically shows you The ways in, in which Somebody can kind of fall through the cracks Because they are, are not Looked after, they're not thought about, they're not Cared for, uh, the same because Of these systematic failures in a system Like education and how unfair that is Particularly to someone who is A 12 year old in this movie, right? Like it's not Not somebody who, who's who Been around long enough to deserve any kind Of treatment better for better mm-hmm. or worse uh, And, and in comparison to other movies that I think try to tackle similar issues, what I really appreciated about Education is that it has a coda, its final 10 or 15 minutes or so, where you really get to see uh, the child thriving. You know, you get to see a different side of it. it it's got this off ramp where you can see how things could be better mm-hmm. and programs that are designed to fix these issues, even though. You know we we see these types of issues reflected in our modern society there's also clearly ways that we can care for for people for people who are often forgotten about i, I was really made emotional by this one i think that final bit just left me you know in tears for a little while yeah uh so yeah e- education is great small x series is really great i'm curious to hear uh if any of the intercuties have caught it what their favorite of the five are now that all five are available. So yeah, make sure to comment or uh, hit us up on social media. Let us know. I don't know. Have the Small X films made their way to Canada? I was just about
2: to ask, where do you watch it? Because I was trying to find it. I think this weekend when I was trying to just make my list and I couldn't see it anywhere as watchable. I could be wrong though. No. They're
0: on Prime for us. Mm. I think they're BBC movies for England.
2: Yeah, if they're on Prime for you guys and I can watch it Okay device so we're good. <laughs> you know uh, gotcha. that's why i watch sound of metal but yeah, yeah if they're on prime i can watch it for sure then dope awesome i will do that
0: yeah hope you get to check the, uh, those out because they are great uh, anything else you've been watching art uh no <laughs> <laughs> no
1: no what about you amanda <laughs> all
2: right uh like i said i've been trying to make it back through things um i'm currently watching i may destroy you to try to get through that before we do our best of the year. Because I'm usually slacking yes. on TV shows. I usually find like a handful of TV shows I really like and then kind of unintentionally neglect some of the other ones. Yeah, this year I was like, you know what? Like, let's try to find some other TV shows. Um, and that one's just kind of been on my list for a while and I was finally available to watch. So uh, enjoying it How quite you- a bit so far.
0: Yeah, you're not you're not finding it too difficult to get through. I know for some people it might be a at little bit like times it emotionally has, challenging.
2: Yeah, at times it it can get a little bit iffy. But um, I can I, it's one of those shows. It's kind of similar to like my warnings of something like the Nightingale. It's like it's mm-hmm. really good, but it's not going to be for everyone. And some people are just going to have a really hard time with it. So like look into what the show is before you go into it. Um, just because you just it's. Yeah, it's it's hard. There's yeah. hard. There's part. It's it's a comedy in a lot of ways, but it's also just very hard to watch.
0: It's very explicit in its dealing with the issues of sexual assault and mm-hmm. the drama that comes from it. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's a very brave show in certain aspects, but it's also very lighthearted in a way that a lot of material like this doesn't often get the chance to be. And I, yeah. that balance of tones and ideas uh, is something that i've been stunned by since i saw the michaela cole series yeah and she's I a g i definitely agree she yeah, said yeah watching t- all
2: the stuff with like the like with the deals for that like yeah, i think it was netflix right
0: dope yeah
1: she said yeah. nah, i'd rather keep dollars. the rights
2: yeah keep the rights because that's her that's that. her story like mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. her life like she yeah no that's awesome not many people would say no no to it, a million dollars it, you yeah know? seriously Uh, it's crazy so yeah really enjoying it so far and even though it does deal with things kind of in a lighter way it's not it's it's also deals with it in a heavy way and that that lightness isn't in to like in a way that's insulting it's just Mm -hmm. like this is realistically what people will do to protect themselves mentally uh and work around uh, issues that that they're dealing with and i thought it was uh really stunning in that way and then, other than that, um, I watched uh, Sound of Metal, which I really,
0: yeah. really
2: love. Like, really enjoyed that. Um, mm. It's kind of like one of my biggest fears. So, <laughs> uh,
1: I was talking to Zag about <laughs> that, but it'd be with my vision, man. Oh, that
2: too. That would really be so bad. But uh, yeah, I'm always, that, I was always that kid at concerts with like the earplugs and stuff and everyone was making fun of me and I'm like, you'll see.
1: You'll, yeah, no, that's <laughs> important. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, I still like, you know, I, I have the ringing, like there's a little bit of ringing there just from like years of playing music and stuff. It's not super bad, but it's like only going to get worse. So it's, it's, mm. yeah. Uh, and just how they handle it where it's not like, this isn't like, you know, when he's trying to work through it and fix it, it's not necessarily something that needs to be fixed. And, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. But in it, in it, honestly, it avoids so many tropes that you think it's going to do, like, without giving spoilers. Like, there's a couple moments where it looks like, oh, he's going to get caught because he did this. And, um, oh, he might uh, go fall back into this other way of life that he used to have. And he doesn't, but in a way he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they kind of acknowledge that, I don't know if we can do spoilers for that. Not huge spoilers, but...
0: I think we, we'll, you know, try and see clear. Of first. Maybe we'll do a, a little bit after the show. For sure. A like quick ten minutes on...
2: Yeah, it'll probably... I think yeah. it's probably going to be in my top ten, so... yeah, well, We can talk about it more there, but I just felt like it was really interesting that they kind of had something come full circle, so they they did something without actually doing it, which mm-hmm. I
1: thought was really cool. But, Riz Ahmed, yeah. top five in my so opinion for good. this year. So good!
2: Yeah, yeah
0: I was about to bring that up. Uh, he He's clearly one of the standout best actor performances from this year. Uh, a lot of people, I think... Uh, expect him to be in the running for an I'd Oscar. I'd be upset.
2: Yep, I'll be really upset if he's not.
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Gary Oldman's performance in Mank in a little bit, but we've also talked a little bit about Stephen Yun and Minari, Delroy Lindo and The Five Bloods. Mm. Art, you've talked about Anthony Hopkins Ooh! in The Father. Uh, I don't know. Do you feel like Riz Ahmed is elite among those, or is it a tougher competition?
1: I feel like he's only going to get a nomination. I mean, just seeing... I, yeah, and I have—I don't want to get too much into but I feel like <laughs> I, I, we are like we're fighting for him to just get a nomination, which sucks. But I yeah. want to see him get a nomination yeah, at absolutely. least. I don't think he'd win it. if he win it. We're in a completely alternate <laughs> universe at that <laughs> point. Um, but I really hope he's one of the five for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, definitely. Is that all i gonna do?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Just been watching a lot of stuff, but those are definitely the standouts for right now.
0: Cool. Cool. Uh, well, I've also been trying to catch up on some of the movies from 2020. Uh One of the best foreign film contenders, I think it's Denmark's official submission to the Oscars, is Another Round, yes, sir. starring uh, yeah, Mads so Mikkelsen, good. written and directed by Thomas Vinterberg. It's a really interesting film about four friends. Uh, they're all high school teachers who embark on this experiment of trying to maintain uh, a, a Blood alcohol level of 0.05 and To see how that'll affect their lives Because they're at this point Where they kind of feel stuck in a rut We follow mostly Maz Mikkelsen's Character <laughs> Martin Who is kind of uh, in, in a little bit of like a, a Love maybe a loveless Marriage and he's not Respected at his job he doesn't feel like He can teach well and He could use that boost of self confidence You get after you take you know a couple swigs Alcohol mm-hmm. uh, and so the way that this movie progresses is these guys try to find that line between can I, I drink a little to help loosen me up and make me more confident and make me uh, better professionally and socially, or, or the you know kind of scary and sad fine line that alcohol has between you know fun and getting pretty serious and and self destructive. Uh, I think just as an exploration of the ways in which people. Turn to alcohol and how it makes How it affects people I think it's a brilliant Movie I think it's a really f- Fun experiment there's some great uh, Moments here I, I particularly Love when he a- Asks his wife if she finds Him boring and she says compared to what uh, It's just <laughs> yeah, a like, lot of, <laughs> <damn>! <laughs> It's a lot Of really great moments like that in this one I, I liked it a lot I was really Kind of uh, captivated by the story I, I'm hoping more people check it out It's one of my favorites for the potential best foreign film uh nomination at the oscars this year
1: i'm for the hunt was one of my favorites of that year so without a doubt mm-hmm. this, i i'm it's, i just need to watch it that's it it's, you it's haven't watched a spot it yet? waiting for it no i we have the link for it and i have not i know there. you did i saw you updated <laughs> the screener list and i was like oh art's <laughs> so, watching another yeah, round <laughs> i just need to see that one I, I was able to catch the first 10 minutes and i was like nah i want to i want to see this out on, on the bigger screen downstairs gotcha. i don't want to Go to bed l- watching It's it. worth it Mads Mikkelsen it's it. microdumps <laughs> with
0: alcohol <laughs> it's, it's pretty joyful Okay uh, I, I like that one a lot I also, uh, to completely shift gears <laughs> Caught up with Finding Yingying Ying this morning uh, Which Art has been advertising to me as the saddest documentary you've seen since oh Dear God. Zachary uh, I don't know if I would find it as sad as Dear Zachary But it is in the same league And I'm in a bad mood <laughs> It's all your fault. Bro, can we talk spoilers here? It's a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. story. Uh, Go for it. It's out in virtual theaters, and if you want to avoid our discussion of it, there's the uh, time codes in Mm -hmm. the description below. So, yeah, go ahead, Art. I mean, that was a good amount of time. I mean, there's more time right here as well, based on a true (laughs) story. Yeah, it's a good delay.
1: Yo, the fact that there is a chance that this girl's body is in a dumpster and they told this man that it wasn't worth to even stop. Not to search, but to even stop compiling more on that dumpster is practically telling him what his daughter's life is worth. Hmm. I'm sorry, Zach.
2: (laughs) I haven't even watched this and I'm bothered.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, I I think the thing about finding yin-yang Ying is so effective is we get a lot of these true crime documentaries about a murder or about a missing person or something that really focus on the case and the, the kidnapping or the murder or the murderer. And this is really centered on the family, the family's efforts to to seek justice, to find their, uh, their daughter, their sister, their uh, girlfriend. It's a really touching story and it's, not a pleasant hang but it's a really interesting story and uh if you're looking for something in that true crime genre i would highly highly recommend it it's available now in virtual theaters so
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. should we take or- another <laughs> 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 we're just going
1: all over the place yeah. i forgot to mention i finally uh, watched
2: boy state
1: oh that's when i forgot cool. to mention
2: that was the one
1: what? And what'd you think? Yeah.
2: I was shocked by how right? much, by how interested I was. I literally was putting, cause I've been having, sometimes I'm just not in the mood to watch certain things. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm in the mood to watch a documentary, but sure. And like, sure enough, it was like, it had me i was like i should not be this interested in fake mm-hmm. american politics with a right. bunch of teenage boys but here i am this is horrifying oh but, my but god but you want to root
1: for renee you want to like stand up and be like yeah let's I'm like let's
2: go renee and i'm like what is stephen up to i mm-hmm. hope he's in doing well in college
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it's an extremely well-paced documentary it has a little bit of like a reality show feel to it although i think it, it's not you know quite as grimy as you get uh the no. feeling you get from watching reality yeah, they because they cast those
2: main kids literally. ahead of time and then mm-hmm. follow them around and then we're just kind of lucky enough that they managed to get through there might have mm-hmm. been like another kid that didn't get through and they just don't mention that one right? or something but <laughs> it
0: wasn't interesting enough
1: yeah, yeah
2: exactly the, the-
0: the co-directors have talked about in interviews how lucky they were that they found basically three of their four stars before they even started yeah. in this camp. Uh, and then they were there for Renee right at Renee's magical moment. You yeah. know, So it, it just it works out because it's a really interesting situation and they found the most interesting characters there. Uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be a. a Showing up on some of our best of lists. I think Art and I were talking about also talking about the best documentaries of the the year. That will certainly be featured there. Easily.
1: Easily. Are y'all ready for Girl State? I want to see Girl State. (laughs) They said they'd they'd make it. They better.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very interested in that one. Uh, And then another movie that I caught recently that I liked quite a bit, even though I don't think Art was as big of a fan of it. Uh, I caught up with Andrew Patterson's The Vast of Night. And I was a little bit blown away by this one, guys. Uh, A really interesting story about this town in New Mexico in the 1950s and this weird sound that's coming over the radio and what's happening on the night of the big basketball game. It's got these really dynamic scenes from these uh, electric walk in talks with these cracker uh, crackerjack dialogue to. Uh, these moments where the movie will just kind of pause and oftentimes completely eliminate the picture from the screen and just let you listen. And I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time. I really wanted to know what this, what this mystery was. I, I was riveted by the filmmaking of this one. And for this to be this guy's debut feature was mind blowing to me. Uh, Art, I'm sorry. I really liked this oh, hey, That's
1: dope. Dude, the LME listeners made me listen to this one again when we did our uh, the fundraising thing for the LME listens, and they're like, check it out again. And I was like, all right, I will. I His filmmaking is phenomenal. I liked it a little more. I just feel it could have been a podcast, which then he went on record to say, it's like, we literally wanted this to be that if you close your eyes, it would have been like you were hearing it in huh. the same mm-hmm. radio that she would have been doing it. And I was, was like... Ah, he had an answer for for my complaint, so I can't be mad at that. And Fair. just the way that they there.
0: were able to create the town. There are moments, yeah, yeah, the ta- the town is so fully realized. Uh, there's some really crazy shots that go through it. Uh, there, there's maybe the best tracking shot of the that's year good. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's also interesting because it'll slow down and turn into something that's like a radio play or mm-hmm. like a regular play. Like, I'd, I'd love to see this recreated in some way on the stage. But there are a little bit, uh, some moments of visual bravura that I want to give to this movie and, and say that it does... Uh, That make it more than what it could accomplish on the radio, particularly a moment in the end when they're in a car, which I think is is so haunting. Uh, I was I got goosebumps from it, so. Uh, check out The Vast of the Night before you just assemble your best of list. All right. And that's all I'm going to say. We'll do. Uh,
1: real fun story about it. Uh, I don't know if you had heard that the guy who was actually working, the director, was working for uh, Oklahoma Thunder and they were mm, specifically right. campaigning to make sure that Kevin Durant stayed and because they were making those campaigns, he found his entire crew and so they think Kevin Durant at the ending of The Vast of Night because they said without him it wouldn't <laughs> have been possible.
2: That's awesome. He
1: that's probably so watched that and be like, I'm
2: confused. <laughs> He's like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: uh yeah so i think that's mostly what we've been watching but before we get into the news i I did want to bring it back to the sundance lineups uh Mm. because that dropped recently and i think we're all excited for for the festival even though it's going to be a, a smaller version of the festival they only have about 70 feature films uh this year and it's going to be a virtual festival so not the experience we're used to but it's always a place where we find exciting movies when we talk about our best movies of the year uh soon we're going to mention several movies that we saw at Sundance so I don't know if there's anything about the lineup announcements that uh, immediately struck either of you that you wanted to mention on or the count of what three you're looking forward to already on
1: the count of three <laughs> it was the first thing I sent them I just sent them a screenshot of that I was like I just feel it in my gut that's going to be the one uh, I've gone through half yeah. of it. I don't know what stood out to you guys, if you guys went through the whole thing.
2: I went through most I mean, it, of it. Yeah. I don't know if you want
0: uh, to. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think it's funny that all three of us pointed out that we were interested in the count of three yeah. right away. I mean, it's it, Gerard Carmichael directing and, it. uh, is directing it. You got Christopher Abbott co-starring it. He's a guy who's showing up in a lot of really interesting yeah. Sundance movies recently. And it's got just sometimes with Sundance, you know, you just need that one picture and it's like, oh, wait, that's it. I want to see how we get there. You know, and then you Uh, you scroll. mm -hmm. It
1: says writers from Rami. You know, it's one. You know, it's one easily. Um, I was a simple man. Looks pretty interesting as well. The director had talked about how he made this movie when he saw his grandpa die. And then he was like, everyone said, you know, he was a simple man. He was. No, he wasn't. And he made this whole movie on him that's also going to be a part of the U.S. dramatic. I think Jockey looks interesting. John in the Hole, the story about a kid who decides to lock up his entire family in a hole so he can finally be an adult. Um, But even the World Dramatic looks pretty interesting as well. There's uh, a lot of warnings that this year is putting on, uh, on their movies. I don't know if you guys were able to catch that. One of them literally says, warning, animal cruelty will be in this movie. Warning, this what? movie has destruction and death. Warning, this movie's extra sad. Like, they have extra warnings this time around, but I hmm. appreciated the ones about, like, animal cruelty because the MPAA will put a smack dab on anything. And they can kill a dog yeah, on the I, screen I, as if that's not traumatic to a lot of I people, gonna say, know? I was going to say, you know exactly uh, what I'm year, talking about.
0: Sundance forced me to watch a dog getting blown up in a movie I hated. So you know what? If they're going to warn me about that this time, maybe I won't watch the last yeah, movie. Yeah,
1: it, it's good to have a
0: warning.
2: It's great to have a warning.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's one of the movies that jumped out to me is uh, Passing, which stars Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega, as Mm -hmm. well as uh, Andre Holland and Alexander Skarsgård and Bill Camp. This is the feature directing debut of Rebecca Hall, interestingly Yeah. uh, about uh, two African-American women who can pass for white living in Mm -hmm. 1920s New York. So I'm very interested in that movie. Also, what jumped out to me, Uh, if I can find the title before, oh uh, the title is Together Together yes sir Uh, it just got picked up by Bleecker Street uh, earlier today the day that we're recording so we already know it's going to get a release but it's got a really interesting cast with Ed Helms Patty Harrison Tig Notaro Julio Torres and Anna Conkle from Pen15 Mm -hmm. so You know, uh, Sundance usually has one or two breakout comedies. Last year, it was Palm Springs. So Mm -hmm. maybe it'll be together together. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, that one looks pretty good.
2: Yeah. Um, Other than those, I'm also looking forward to The World to Come, which also has Christopher Abbott Mm -hmm. in it and Vanessa Kirby. And what is her name? Katherine Watterson. Um, I'm excited. And Casey Affleck, apparently.
1: Oh, he's in it? Totally
2: missed him, apparently, according to Wikipedia. Wow. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that one.
1: And What is that one under premieres?
2: You yeah. Okay. Uh, hang on, let me double check.
1: Because I got halfway through the premieres. Uh, I think one, it's pre- I th-
0: Is it It's pre- one of two spotlights. Yes, either. Yeah, it's, either,
2: okay. yeah, yeah. Is it's Yes. Because the other
0: Along one with
1: Knight of the Night of the of Kings. So that was yeah. yeah,
0: that yeah. Was yeah that's the
2: other one that. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that down.
1: Yeah, I thought that yeah. was dope that they put that one on that we were able to catch that in some of the virtual fests. Um, I also uh, how to end. Or how it ends. How it ends. Uh, yeah, which I get which that stars down to. Zoe Lister Jones. Yo, I just came off of making a video on the craft, so when I saw that this was there, <laughs> it was the last edit I had to put in there. I was like, look Guys, I mentioned bandage multiple times. <laughs> Please give her another chance with this. I had no idea. It's a production company. Uh, the movie's made by the production, co- production company between her and her husband, Daryl Wine. I had no idea. They're, they call themselves uh, Mr. Lister. They're married and they've made several <laughs> movies together. And this is another one where it's actually the girl. Um, let me see, make sure I got her name right. Kaylee Spaney, uh, who's Green Depths. She's in this playing the younger version of Zoe. Ooh. Oh damn! And they work together somehow as the world's about to end, and they got to do something. I was like, I, I'm in, I'm in. Just tell me, just tell me when this is planned. So that's another one yeah. from the premieres that I'm really excited for.
2: Yeah, I have that yeah. one down
0: too. Yeah, and and some of the fun of Sundance is walking into a movie that you have no idea what it's really about, even, and then just you know it turns out to be one of your favorites yeah. of the fest. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. be watching plenty of stuff, whether or not it jumps out the jumps off the page to us, but. Definitely, some movies that we're going to be uh, really excited to catch uh, uh, as soon as we find out whether or not we're going to Sundance. We're going
2: to we're going to go we'll no matter be, what, but like go. whether or not yeah. they're making it, we'll be easy watching for Sundance. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, <Yeah>. that
0: exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so that's what we've been watching. Let us know what you've been watching in the comments below or by emailing, emailing us. The address for that is intercutpod at gmail.com. We're going to move on to yay or nay where we break down the latest happenings in entertainment, starting with Disney Investor Day, whatever that's supposed to be, <laughs> which was held last week. And Disney used it to announce an overwhelming slate of upcoming projects that includes 10 Marvel TV shows, 10 Star Wars TV shows, 15 Disney and Pixar TV shows as well as 15 new Disney and Pixar films let's start with Star Wars as Disney revealed that Hayden Christensen will be making his return to a galaxy far far away in the upcoming Ewan McGregor starring Obi-Wan Kenobi show we'll also be getting new shows spun off of the Mandalorian including the Rosario Dawson led Ahsoka show as well as Rangers of the New Republic there's the Rogue One prequel series Andor, the Clone Wars adjacent Bad Batch, a Justin Simeon led Lando show, and The Acolyte from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland. oh, and two new Star Wars movies Rogue Squadron, directed by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, and an as of yet untitled Taika Waititi project, Amanda. With all this forthcoming content, yay or nay, you are optimistic about the future of Star Wars.
2: Yeah, I haven't been optimistic about the future of Star Wars for years. (laughs) Um... It's a lot, and it's like... It's a lot. It's a lot. It's like, hey, we have all this stuff that works for Marvel, so let's try to make it work for Star Wars. And <laughs> it and it honestly hit a point where it was like, oh my God, we pissed people off with Star Wars movies three times in a row. We need to calm down. Okay, this one Mandalorian show, it's, it's almost done. We're going to put that out. But oh, like it's that- doing well? It's doing well? Let's Multiply- just start... Comancy, everything, Comancy, everything Everything. Comancy. Get what yeah. yeah. we're going to have an episode with Bo-Katan We're going to have so episode with Ahsoka. Like we're going to we're going to retcon some stuff with Palpatine in the third movie and some cloning. Let's go, baby. And it's like just let it breathe.
1: Let it breathe. <laughs> let
2: it breathe. Like we're going to have a
1: series to... taking place in the intro crawl. That's it. It's just going to be the whole movie's going to be in the yeah. intro crawl.
2: Uh, it's it's a lot. Um and it's I'm sure a lot of these are going to end up getting canceled. Because the Obi-Wan one had already been confirmed with another one that they shot a pilot for, and then they canceled them because uh, Rise of Skywalker was just like, everyone was like, no, you you didn't nail this. And they're like, oh, shit, people are... Mm-hmm. We need to roll it right. back a little bit.
0: Yeah, as Josh Trank and... Uh ryan johnson and whatever the guy who directed J. J. Colin J. J. godzilla movie uh, colin trevorrow would all like to tell you just because they are announcing a star wars project doesn't mean they are making a star wars project yeah uh that being said it's really interesting that disney basically looked at the mandalorian and whatever the version of doubling down that it's 10 times is they did that uh i i don't know it is part of this big push towards Disney Plus. I, I wonder how much of this announcement is also motive, motivated by us still being mid-pandemic, and maybe if theatrical reopens and is booming, they'll start announcing movies again. But they—it's it, strange that they take spent all this money on this property, and now it seems to be like TV? let's just put it all on <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: that's that's what they see the future to being. I mean, think about it this way. Like, how old are we now that we don't find this as exciting as it should be? Is it because, Zach, you didn't even, it used to be, it used to be a, what? the cons, right? Mm-hmm. There would be a convention and it's like, ooh, this right. is for fans. It doesn't feel like an investor day. It feels like a fan convention. And now uh, the way you announced it and the way everybody announced it, it's Disney investor day.
2: Yeah. That's what it's, that, that's what it is. And it's I, like, here's yeah. things to, I, I had people on my timeline being like buying Disney shares and I was like why this is the, right. literally the worst time to do that because of <laughs> idiots like you yeah, <laughs> like, sorry
1: i don't know usually you would think we would be more excited for something like this with all the content that's coming out but but sometimes it's like like too I much I,
2: uh, yeah and i feel like the more um, the more i've gotten into to really appreciating and going out of my way to find like indie projects or smaller projects or just things that need and You've deserve been more. I've been radicalized I've been radicalized I still love my big projects i still i still get really excited about marvel theatrical experiences Um, Mm -hmm. that had had kind of gone down since uh, Endgame came out that that kind Mm -hmm. of felt like it all built to that one big moment and then everything after that is just kind of like I'm sure they'll build it back up with new storylines and it'll still feel really good to be in the theaters for those moments but when it's just constantly just like here's like 30 things. It's like how yeah. can I get emotionally invested in 30 things at the at, at the same time? You just announced yeah, 30 things at once. What am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to get excited about any any of this?
1: They're not 90-minute uh, movies or 10-hour projects. So are you even going to invest your time in the right ones?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's the great thing because like you know, the whole marketing around the 7th Star Wars I even forget what the original J.J. Abrams yes. was titled now but, Force, Awakens. Uh, Force Awakens Force Awakens the whole marketing around the Force Awakens is this is your first piece of Star Wars in, in in decades right this is special you're not getting this that often who knows we're going to make another trilogy and I think partially because it's in Disney Investor Day and rather than a the, a day built around Star Wars, a day built around fans, there there is a soullessness to announcing this That's number of projects yeah. at the at this rate that that doesn't allow any room to get excited about any one of these projects and maybe part of that is the point maybe part of it is they want you to not focus too much on the uh you know ahsoka's tano show and set in case they film a couple episodes and decide uh that can't really go out that's not going to be that's weird though investment. that's
2: weird that is weird star wars seems to be in terms of how star wars is announcing things it seems a lot less set than the marvel stuff like the marvel stuff getting announced i'm pretty sure is all happening And if it's not Mm -hmm. happening exactly as it's announced, it's gonna be a variation of it because it's these bigger things. But the Mm -hmm. Star Wars stuff is like, here's like 10 things that might come out eventually.
1: (laughs) And they got someone on Twitter trying to see, it's like, all right, uh, guys, they like this one more than that one. one. They keep thinking this one's bad, bitch. We got (laughs) to pivot.
0: We have gotten comments asking us if we're up on Mandalorian or to talk about Mandalorian. And I I do wonder if maybe our thoughts on Mandalorian influence this a little bit, uh, because spoiler, uh, we're not all up on Mandalorian. <laughs> I've, I've caught maybe three episodes of season two, and I'm just to me, it's a little bit like just plot of the week or you know, adventure of the week yeah. and uh, samey in a way that I'm not that into as far as a television property. Uh, I've also never really been a huge Star Wars person, but uh, yeah, I'm just not up to date on Mandalorian. As I know art. Uh, isn't either uh, amanda any thoughts on season two so far
2: yeah um i totally agree Mandalorian's always been kind of one of these like um it's like a space western so every episode yeah. is kind of supposed to feel like it's its own just separate things but i can get why it's just literally like land on planet looking for thing find person must complete mission for person to get thing they cannot provide thing <laughs> next planet like that's Uh
0: oh baby yoda don't eat that there's yeah. 18 chapters of that That's cute
2: yeah There's like, but there are cool things. To me, the things that they do end up, like they reveal like really cool things. There's a lot of interesting lore building that happens in it. There's some really great action scenes, like um, not this past episode, but the episode before that had like an iconic character come back. Um, not in the way that you might have expected them to, and like they brutalized some stormtroopers, and it was like really cool how they did it, and it's uh, you know, there's like really there's interesting parts, and I do like like Baby Yoda. I feel invested when bad things happen to that little thing. Like I get upset. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not my favorite show of the year. I'm covering mm-hmm. it on uh, a separate channel that I do work for, just because it's kind of like the in thing for pop culture right now, and there are things about it that excite me. Um, but. Uh, it does seem, unfortunately, that some of these episodes were just kind of like, yay, do you guys want a full show about
1: this character? Because we're going to tease it. (laughs) Yeah. I think Disney's aware that that's what people are tuning into the most for the plus. Like, I I can't think of anything else that people are coming in to check out other than The Mandalorian to the point that you've watched it weekly or binged it?
2: Uh, I tend to do, like, two episodes at a time is usually what I do.
1: Alina binged all of one with half of two, and then she was like, I don't see the reason for this to have been broken up but I hear people mm-hmm. say I miss it being broken up so is that part of the hype you know it's like the yeah. the, the ability to wait for the other one kind of makes it seem I don't well, want to say better than, it, better than it is because I've heard nothing but great things from the show I, I will watch well, it eventually. It trends
0: every Friday on yeah. Twitter because of that rather than you know I, I love Queen's Gambit but Queen's <sighs> Gambit it, it already we feel like there's less of it happening because it had those two three weeks where it was at the top of Netflix. Yeah but that was at the that was, like
2: a, that was like a month though that like was that good
0: did, though But that's that man, I get what, that what I'm saying that's what he though said. is yeah. that even though it's this massive hit people are still talking about Mandalorian because it can come out weekly
2: yeah and that's the same that's like I've heard a lot of people make arguments about that for shows going forward and like the boys did that like they the boys did it an interesting way they dropped three to four at once and then they went weekly so it's like we gotta hook you and then we gotta keep you here weekly I was yep. like, that was smart. Because I can <laughs> mm-hmm. see Amazon doing that with like, their Wheel of Time series going forward and just different things like mm-hmm. that. So.
1: Lord of the Rings, like you know they're going to do that. I they're going to drag it, it, it out for Rings. so long. drag it out. It's a perfect way to keep you on the subscription service for sure. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. All right, we've went on a huge tangent. I do want to ask if there is any one property from this announcement that you are most excited about. Something that does jump out from the, the big, massive announcements.
2: For, like, recent stuff, I'm actually pretty interested to see what they do with WandaVision, because it seems like they're actually taking... I, I'm talking
0: Star Wars specifically. Star Wars we'll specifically?
2: My bad, sorry. Uh, Obi-Wan. Me too. Me, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Obi-Wan. I, I, like, you know, bringing Hayden Christensen back as uh, Vader actually, is odd, because it's like the 30 minutes that he was Vader before he was Vader.
1: Yeah. Like i agree i like i that announcement excited me yeah but it's like the My last thing i saw like... right it was like <laughs> the last thing i saw that man in was little italy so it's like i don't even <laughs> yeah. have fond memories of his last performance but yo bring him back
2: yeah exactly but yeah it was really one. good
0: in shattered glass that was a while ago though yeah a while ago. Um, <laughs> yep Alright so let, let's get to Marvel though Because Disney also avail- unveiled a bunch of Upcoming Marvel properties including, including new looks at previously previously Announced shows like WandaVision And Loki, shows like What If Miss Marvel and Hawkeye are all slated To deb- debut next year 2021. There are also announcements about An Ironheart series, a series called Armor Wars starring Don Cheadle's War Machine, a series of short films called I Am Groot as well as the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special Disney also announced that Spider-Man and homecoming director John Watts will helm the studio's upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Art, yeah, you you are optimistic <laughs> about the future of Marvel.
1: You don't have a say. This is just them cashing in on, on, on everything. This is them cashing in. This is them with the streaming service now. They're not sharing halfsies with Netflix. Hey, we'll promise all you Netflix shows that you'll be in a Marvel movie once. Did it happen, and yeah. now it's gonna happen, bro? Disney just waited. They tickled their, they tickled them like that. They, they, they said just wait for it. They were waiting mm-hmm. for them to be able to bank in one hundred percent on all of these services. Yep. Now they're ready to go. Now they have what if they got specials that they could all post on their own streaming service, and they're gonna be able to make all the money. It's just gonna continue rising. Like throughout all these announcements, they also said uh, we're gonna raise the prices next year. <laughs> Just going to yep. add that real, real quick, by <laughs> way. Um, And they're even talking about how they're going to be able to mix everything in considering some of the ratings on these shows and whether they'd be going on Hulu and should they have split Hulu and uh, Disney Plus? Should they have been more combined? Should Lizzie McGuire be on Disney Plus the way that it should be? <laughs> so with yeah. a lot of these shows that they have here, and I know it's a mixture of, of the movies as well, you know, I'm excited for a lot of the actors like Tatiana Maslany to see her in, in one of the Marvel movies. I'm excited to see what she's going to be able to do with it. Um, I feel like their specials may be better than the pixar specials i feel those are the only ones that we've gotten um off of the disney plus things but in terms of shows they've been edging us for a while with the loki show with the hawkeye show with everything we've yet mm-hmm. to see them we know what they did we with have marvel netflix we have no idea if marvel can make good tv shows yeah yet, we'll see know? mm-hmm I mean, there's no reason to doubt them, I guess, but we'll see. Will it be to the, to the caliber that all the fans are still fighting for, for the Daredevil, for the Punisher, for everything that they did there? Um, the Fantastic Four, already, man. I told it to Alina, she's like, no, 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 you must have misread it. We just got one of those. I said, yeah, Alina, we also just got a Cinderella, and there's a new one coming out next year. There's. That was five, five years, most-
2: Alina. It's been five years since we've gotten a Fantastic <laughs> Four movie, and it didn't count.
1: This is the multiverse of madness that Sam Raimi is is uh, filming right now. That's what's going on. It's just that's also going to be like three,
2: four years away anyway. So like by the time you get the next Fantastic Four, it'll have been like nine years since the 2015 one.
1: That's what makes it interesting is that there's all these things that they're announcing, but everyone's just like watching out for the Spider Man. What's going on there? What's the next yep. end game? You know, everyone's just been so hyped up for the really big event, so events. We know this is the calm down. And it's like, I'd be surprised if they hit us with the next event right away. Like, that's the way they do this. Like it's they- not another 10 years. It's Boom, it's right there. And that's what it seems like. Because yeah. what's bigger than a multiverse? What's bigger than having those actors that, from back in the day, coming back to finally get their third movie, finally get their fourth movie? Yeah, um,
2: Tom. We're just gonna sit you in the corner for a little second. Like you know, you're, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna. This is we're you're sharing. We're, yeah, we're learning yeah. to share. Have we
1: have we forgotten that Sony and Disney practically divorced last year, and yeah. everyone was freaking out online, and now they're bringing back the other two? Like that's crazy to me. It's all. But a in porn. my mind, they bringing
2: back the other two with the chance of like leto's Mor morbius coming over is like not worth it like shut it all out it's one or the other if we get the good we shut out the bag
1: <laughs> do you think that by bringing them back you now have the opportunity to continue their stories if you wanted to
2: if you wanted to like
1: like uh, like I don't know if they want to like yeah, disney that's... marvel keeps that and then there's just, they just continue the uh what they were doing with uh amazing spider-man what they were doing with anybody else because I don't know. I mean, I they're they're rolling out a what-if series. And that's yeah. what the entire comic series was about. Just yeah. these what-if scenarios that don't have to hurt the continuity. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, DC's already doing it, so... <laughs>
2: Well, that's more out of necessity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. A, 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 a big one I will bring up and this um, shout out to our boy Iman who brought this up because a lot of people have been praising the decision. We said it as well about not recasting Black Panther, yet he argued mm-hmm. it differently. And I thought he gave a great point. If you go check out Iman's movie reviews on his channel, he had said Black Panther itself, like the character itself is like Batman and we recast Batman. We don't stop mm-hmm. that from stopping all of the storylines of this big character. The same We just mm-hmm. talked about Spider-Man, right? So yep. that idea of there will come a point where obviously you're respecting the legacy of Chadwick Boseman, but there's still the legacy of Black Panther and what that's done to so many kids who now wear that mask for Halloween who now, you know, are reading those comics and there is dozens upon dozens of storylines. We haven't even seen his wife crossover yet with storm. You know, they just purchased the rights to all of the mutants. So there's so many more storylines there. I thought he gave a great point on why, um, not out of disrespect, but out of respect for the character itself to continue it.
0: Right. Uh, I feel like part of that is a problem with the fact that they're aiming to keep this continuity again. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I do think that they will have a new Black Panther, have a new T'Challa at some point. But while they're maintaining this one cinematic universe, I think they need to maybe get to, like, a reset point uh, before they even think about recasting. Cause <laughs> Avengers we're reset? Talking, yeah.
2: Because
0: when when we're talking about Black Panther 2, it, it would be a little bit weird yeah, if you surround sure. it with, it's Lupita Nyong'o and Letitia Wright and and yeah. then some new T'Challa. uh, uh unlike with the batman movie where we would probably get a whole new cast when they recast batman so mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of the the difference there yeah but, uh, focusing on the announcements amanda you said wandavision is the uh, one that jumped out to you from these
2: for the newer stuff Um, like I'm interested to it's see how Loki, one we're getting the soonest Yeah, exactly from the stuff that's like confirmed and on the horizon that I can really feel like I can envision a little bit better I think that one's that one seems that one seems the most interesting to me I'm interested to see because I know they're supposed to be fleshing out Wanda's powers they weren't really yeah, able to dope. do most of that because they didn't have the rights to the X-Men now they do are they gonna retcon some things and be like there's actually <sighs> some mutant stuff going on in here is she like are they really going to steer into the fact that she can have a bad day and make you think that you're a toddler for the rest of your life like i want to know how far they're going to go with it um Mm -hmm. that one is interesting i'm very interested to see what they do with the fantastic four i am most excited for the unannounced x-men project the as of yet announced x-men project which will be eventually but
1: yeah no, that'll no, be interesting soon.
2: and spider-man uh, i want to see what they do with spider-man
1: captain marvel 2 got nia DaCosta, costa which uh, zach and ah. i were talking about these uh, all of these like the rumored castings that when they finally yeah. become official we feel we're in a mandela effect of like i thought this already happened <laughs> right like
0: I, i'm pretty sure we all knew about nia da costa like six months yeah ago, right? i think
1: so yeah i
0: feel so but like to move but it's the... like a,
1: so many
2: rumors that mm-hmm.
1: and
0: yeah. then That's they it.
2: have to present it as if it's like an announcement because it's the first actual official announcement and everything yeah. else is just mm-hmm. rumors
1: we we said the same thing with uh, Little Mermaid and David Diggs. We were like, I feel we have already were excited for this. <laughs> uh, but they pushed Miss Marvel, which I guess may have always been a Disney Plus original. But I just find it funny that they're pushing like what Miss Marvel was supposed to be. And now she's going to be the first uh, Middle Easter like, superhero. And they're like, yeah, Disney Plus. I thought I was going to get a bigger release than that. Um, I think Hawkeye? her
2: character suits well for a show, though. I, I feel
1: think. so. Is it going to be a series? I thought it was going to be a movie this entire time.
2: I, was, I think it's a series, is it? Ms. Yeah, it's a, a series. series. Oh. Okay, yeah. well, so if it's she's a series, it makes time. sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Hawkeye series as well. I think the mm. best joke I heard all week was someone saying, I'm surprised that wasn't coming on the Renner app, <laughs> which I thought. Yeah. <laughs> they had to do them like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, overall, it, it's the announcement you expect. I think mm-hmm. they still have some really great stuff on the horizon. Uh, I feel that because of the stuff that they delayed, uh, you know, what was it? Um, Midsummer. Uh, Pew, and how she's yeah. actually going to end up being in one of the series as well, which, you know, I, I feel we would have seen the movie and then it would have been introduced and now we have yeah. that. But easily the best one is uh, our villain for Thor. That's it. <laughs> Let's go. Christian Bale. I think is going to work some magic. I, think I really think he's got it.
0: Yeah, uh, the more people that they add to Thor, what is it, God and Thunder, or Love and Thunder. Thunder, or something? Yeah, uh, the more interesting that project sounds. And Ragnarok was already my favorite of the the non team up uh, Marvel movies, so I am definitely amped for the next Taika Waititi Marvel movie. Fuck yeah. uh, but moving on from Marvel, Disney and Pixar Animation are also keeping busy. Existing properties: Moana, Big Hero Six, Zootopia, The Princess and the Frog, Cars, and up are all getting spun off into Disney Plus shows. Ooh. Additionally, Pixar's next two theatrical releases, Raya and the Last Dragon, as well as Encanto, the one that has music from Lin-Manuel Miranda, will be getting premiere access debuts on mm. Disney Plus the same day they arrive in theaters. Pixar also announced a couple more n- new movies, including Turning Red from the director of the short <laughs> film Bow and Lightyear, an origin story of Buzz Lightyear, voice Voiced by Chris Evans. By the way, Chris Evans would like you to know that this movie isn't based on the Toy Buzz Lightyear, but rather the human that the Toy Buzz Lightyear was based on. Amanda, yay or nay? You're optimistic about the future of Disney Animation and Pixar. No. yeah like, really.
2: i'm sure something might surprise me but like I, I actually hadn't looked into any of those announcements but hearing that they're making like an i don't i've never really liked any of the spin-off series even when i was a kid like i was just okay. never a fan when they did any of that stuff um so yeah. i'm definitely not excited about it now um i was firmly leave toy story alone and that also applies to not the toy but the person the toy was based off of <laughs> buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Unless I also get my Woody movie. I want <laughs>
0: Yeah. Where is our Cowboy Woody movie? Yeah, I want we
2: Cowboy had, Woody.
1: We've had so I grew up with the Buzz Lady animated series as well. Yeah, like we exactly. always have these buzz stuff and it's like Me and
2: Woody. You're you're literally playing into exactly know? what the movie is. And
1: yeah. It's I mean, like, no, he got Toy Story 2. It's like, well, give him a Toy Story series at yeah, that give point. Him a toy, but, let him have yeah, it. Yeah, why not? Yeah.
0: Cast Colin Hanks. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I like the Forky shorts, but it's weird to me that Bob Iger and Bob Jacek Jacek just snapped their fingers and turned one of the most successful animation studios of all time into a TV company. Like that's a little weird for me, uh, given that Pixar makes these really beautiful movies. And among all of the Disney announcements, I I agree with Amanda that maybe there was some like exciting stuff here. I like that there are actually announcements of originals. Mm -hmm. I don't, know if I like the premise of Turning Red, but it's original. Mm-hmm. And encanto Kanto is an original uh, unlike a lot of the other stuff announced. But at the same time, I, I don't know if it, all, all these beloved properties being spun off. Yeah, we have the, those kind of tainted memories. I don't know if this is like a new era of Disney, but uh, I haven't... I don't know if I want to spend that kind of time in these worlds. I, I like getting to jump in for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. or two I don't want to spend 10 hours over the course of 10 weeks it it's just not the same kind of feeling to me for for stuff like this
1: I remember the early 2000s it was the straight to v straight to uh dvd straight to vhs now it just goes straight to your screen you know it's all these 10 hours stuff um I think it was Netflix that had the tangled series I never got to see it. I'm a huge fan of Tangle, though. They went for like three seasons. In, I think whatever yeah. analytics they got there, they realized why not just recreate that again with Moana? Why not just recreate mm-hmm. that again with Baymax? Yeah.
0: I get the impression though that they are putting a lot more money behind these shows than they ever put behind those series. That'd be well. I wanna I wanna be optimistic for it, but it's like, can you
1: recreate what was great in Zootopia for ten hours?
0: Yeah, yeah. we'll
1: see. That's
2: rough.
0: Brown Table might think so, but
1: Brown <laughs> sure. Table has his own show. He's, he's
0: yeah, exactly. He's six. too busy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, that's about it for yay or nay, but a reminder that if you want to hear a subject covered here on Intercut, be an intercuting and send us a question by leaving it in the comments on YouTube or hitting us up on social media at intercutpod or emailing us intercutpod at gmail.com. Make sure to leave us a question. We are moving on to our topic of the week, and it's the newest movie from David Fincher, one of Woo. my favorite directors. Art, fair to say one of your favorite directors, too? I think he's good. Good. He's, I think he's one of great. my favorite directors. Sorry, I, I think was
2: going to <laughs> say, I'll step
1: up. He's fantastic, man. He's, fantastic. he's one of the best. He's the best of the best.
0: Mank is a biopic about the late screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz and his development of the screenplay for Orson Welles's Citizen Kane. The movie, which is shot in period-appropriate black and white mm. and contains a fractured structure that bounces back and forth through time in a way that echoes Citizen Kane, details how Herman Mankiewicz conceived of and wrote the script For Citizen Kane through a drunken stupor, and how the writer's personal relationship with William Randolph Hearst, the man whom Citizen Kane is based on, came to influence his script. Art Mank arrives late in 2020 as one of the year's most anticipated releases. Did it live up to your expectations for it? Yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely loved it. There's a thing that every time we're watching a movie, you know, be it a, a film that takes place in another country, but they don't speak the language, but they push it as being authentic. And it's like in the language, like the one thing y'all could get when you're seeing a movie and you're wondering how that would have worked, you know, being it a period piece, but it's being shot more modern. This man went down to the mano Audio, mm-hmm. like that's how far he went shot it in black and white did the entire thing so it feels like a movie that you would be watching during that period in time and I think some of the biggest criticisms where it may come off goofy it's more so just because it's reenacting you know what a what a cutaway scene would be you know he even put the little film burn in there yeah. where, which would have been the uh, burn, yeah, yeah as he's transitioning between the scenes and stuff so I appreciated all those elements that he added to it I know that there's some arguments on uh, some of the stuff that may not have have been...
0: Yeah. I mean, it is shot in anamorphic, which is not a yeah. the ratio sure they would have used and stuff like that. There is, like, a certain uh, clarity and precision to the way the camera pans in that way that David Fincher loves that maybe is less period appropriate but i also think that's part of the charm mm-hmm. is that it's like a master f- modern filmmaker taking on some of the approaches of a more classic film
1: yeah a lot of people argue that you need to know everything about citizen kane that you need to know a lot of the stuff from that time do you guys did you guys feel that
2: i don't think so it's i meant okay, to I watch agree. citizen kane before i meant to rewatch it before i watched this but i haven't seen citizen kane yeah. in years HBO. and i don't yeah i don't feel like it uh affected my viewing of this
1: at all you didn't need the entire rko breakdown before you went into the film to know what was going on in the studio system no
2: because like that's the beauty of like i do feel like knowing like being familiar with the story helps because you appreciate different things more because you notice things happening but i don't he did the he did his job and made a story that made sense on its own that's only enhanced by knowing the source material or what it's based on right
0: I think it's helpful to have seen definitely. Citizen Kane. Yeah, I don't definitely. know if it, you need to have like been j- br- just brushed up on it. I do think it would make really interesting pairing to to watch Citizen Kane and then very quickly go and watch Mank. I think the, the films speak to each other, or Mank, rather, Mank obviously speaks to to Citizen Kane in a way that would make them both more interesting. Uh, But like Amanda said, there is enough there that I don't think you necessarily need to be like a scholar of Orson Welles or of Citizen Kane to necessarily appreciate what this is doing. But there are uh, ways like that structure in which it is really heavily uh, influenced by Citizen Mm -hmm. Kane. And... and Because Citizen Kane was so instrumental in in giving us that kind of nonlinear structured look at a life, I think it's really interesting in the ways that uh, Mank kind of throws you in that way, too. And to me, that's part of what I struggled with when I started to watch Mank. I was, Hmm. for the first half an hour or so of the movie, not really feeling its rhythm, not really sure uh, if this was going to be the way that it was telling us like are we just going to watch yeah, just, him dictate the script of, of Citizen Kane from bed like that doesn't <laughs> feel like a movie and, and then the movie sort of widens out and gives you mm. the story of uh, Hollywood Studios in the 1930s and it gives you the story of his relationship to Orson Wells and his relationship to William Randolph Hearst and Marion Davies and, and then I think it all uh, coalesces a little bit more but to me, I would say it's not the movie that I expected. Partially because uh, it, it's so it's so removed from the actual production of Citizen Kane. It really is the script and the the thought process that went into the script. I agree with you.
1: I thought it was yeah. going to be more about the creative, pro- which is it is the creative process. It's more about creative credit, like the yeah. I, that idea that right. I get that's in there, be, and it goes all the way down to who's credited for the script uh fincher's father who wrote this back in the 90s and i believe he passed in the early 2000s so there's been something that's just been sitting on a shelf for the longest time mm-hmm. and uh obviously he's got that great relationship with netflix which is funny how it parallels you know mm-hmm. what orson wells was to the studio over here rko that was that wasn't doing so well who was one of the first to help out netflix and give him an entire show that made it very prestigious that eventually others would follow like martin scorsese and everything else right this man had the ability to make whatever he wants because you know mindhunter was getting too expensive and he was able to finally make the story um and credit his father for it and i think that that's one of the most we're in spoilers right uh yeah i mean i think
0: you know this deep into the podcast if you haven't seen mank and you care about spoilers you can head into the description and, and jump ahead but most people who are curious about Mank, I think, have seen Mank by now.
1: Did Orson Welles write half that script, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> well, the I age think, question.
0: The, well, I think the other thing about this movie is that it really... Like I was saying, since it is really just showing you the script... Uh, you don't get to see what eventually becomes true. of his script, and uh, the movie ends in a place where he's delivering, I think it was like 256 pages of script. We know that the movie isn't 256 pages long. Uh, Orson Welles has, t- uh, there, there's actually a really documented history, I think the book is by Robert Kerrigan, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave that as a note down below, but uh, that talks about how the first two drafts of Citizen Kane were primarily written by Herman Mankiewicz, but it's from there that Orson Welles then uh, started to make his own adjustments, started to bring his own elements to the story. And, you know, I, I think the question of who is the author of Citizen Kane isn't necessarily um, all that the movie is about. I think it it is showing you how we arrived at the place uh, where that script was created, mm-hmm. right? All the, all the personal relationships that influenced it, all the resentments and, and hopes, and that uh, for Mankiewicz, this was a, a thing that became so central to his life, so, so uh, cha- such a chaotic presence to his personal relationships that he ultimately decided he needed credit yeah. for something that he wasn't originally uh, signed to give mm-hmm. credit for.
1: And the movie's told through, like, he's got the flashbacks from what would have happened, you know, the decade plus earlier. And then when he's actually writing the script and how it informs, you know, all the people that he was around and how he puts it into the script. But more so, he has this parable that he says, like, earlier on that then gets brought back about the uh, oven grinder monkey and how he feels that he's just in this system. And it kind of shows you how, like, he had everything given to him, right? He was the guy who would laugh at the party, but that's exactly where they wanted him to be. Yeah. So how... How many more things could he have written if they would have allowed him to be able to write as crazy as he did that only happened because of the scenario that Orson Welles found himself in where he was able to do whatever he wanted? Um, and just the way that he's able to turn that on its head and the climax where it's comparing the two scenes when he's arguing for his credit with Orson Welles and when he's just being belittled and put in his place mm-hmm. uh, by Hearst earlier on. Uh,
0: in... With uh, Charles Dance giving a really excellent Yeah,
1: performance yeah oh my God. Alina was like, is that Tyrion? I said, get ready for what you about. I've seen the movie three times, and when I saw it for that second time, I was like, watch. Watch the magic that's about to happen He's got here. that monologue. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so, yeah. He's like so, walking yeah. him
2: towards the door when he's doing it, and like as yeah. he gets outside, he just like lays it.
1: He's reminding just, him, you know, yeah. I'm the one who's paying your bills. I'm the one who's doing this. And he puts him in that position of where he realizes, am I really the one in charge? Have, have I been able to be the best version that I could possibly be? And mm-hmm. there's that line that I, I believe it's his nephew or his brother uh, gives him where he goes, man, this is the best thing you've ever written. And, and it's that glimmer in his eyes that mm-hmm. makes him go, no, I'm going to fight for this. And he yeah. says it like a puppy to Orson Welles as well. He's like, it's the best damn thing I've ever written. Yeah, I know it is. And he wants that credit for it. And I thought... I. I it's also beautifully reflected in what um, uh, Amanda Seyfried, who honestly, the more that I watch it, I'm like, yo, this is a really great performance from her. Someone good. who's also there at the at the the bidding of the studio and especially Hurst, who he calls daddy, uh, how, how she's able to listen in, but she's only able to listen into these things because they don't take her seriously. Yeah. And when she repeats it, she realizes, oh, I'm not supposed to repeat these things. And this is also something that they just dismiss her. They don't see it as being a big thing. I found it interesting that, again, the book, uh, the script was written way before 2016. Yeah, and there was that str- uh, Fincher,
0: yeah. Fincher's father who is the sole credited screenwriter died in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, so at least the origins of the script date back to then it is sort of believed that both David Fincher and the screenwriter Eric Roth are uncredited uh, have done uncredited rewrites of this but again yeah that it, answer that
1: answers where he's he falls in the debate which I also find really interesting yeah.
0: exactly yeah like it there's the own it, its own fascinating credit story that I think uh. speaks. A bit to uh, the story that that this movie is trying to tell. Yeah, the making of this
1: movie informed. Oh, it's so good. But that idea that um, uh, the fake news aspect
0: of it. Mm. Yeah, and where that's crazy. That's the oddly resonant thing that it has. uh, That. Kind of firmly makes this a movie about now, even if it is a movie was about the by, yeah. 1930s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, what, what did you take uh, take away from that whole middle section of the movie where it becomes much less about Citizen Kane and much more about California politics?
2: I think that's where it really started grabbing me, like because you know, like it's kind of mm-hmm. like you said, it's kinda, it starts a little. If it doesn't start bad, but it's just it, it got better and more captivating the more it went on. It like, throws
0: a lot at you right away.
2: Yeah, and then it starts winding it together. So I haven't watched it a second time i think i'll enjoy it a lot more on a on a second watch but yeah yeah, when it just flipped into uh that like everything about california politics and how a throwaway line
0: Mm. affected
2: their their strategy and it worked and that's you can clearly see that that's something that happens today and it's gone to the point that it's so effective that you don't even need to pay people to pretend anymore you can just get it and you can have people to say a couple things and people just start regurgitating it
1: Yo, he had something with that. And I love how that comes into play because that's how Mank realizes how powerful his words are. He realizes Mm -hmm. that what's affecting politics is the bigger system at hand. That whole walk, I I don't know why I'm I'm being so disrespectful with the actor's name who played the head of the MGM who goes, don't forget what MGM stands for. It's all about emotions. If I feel it here, if I feel it here, if I feel it there, (laughs) then you know what it is. Um, And just that line he gives about the movies, he goes, this is the one business where you're not actually selling anything. You're just selling a memory of the idea. It's crazy to think we're now going back to that, you know. But that was during a time where they didn't have VHS tapes; they didn't Mm -hmm. even have laser discs. So he was able to say that. And now, well, as big, you know, proponents to physical media, we're seeing us get back to that point. Mm -hmm.
0: The actor's name is Arliss Howard, by the way. Uh, Really good performances, freaking fantastic. Wanted to shout that one out.
1: He was great. No, just going back and circling on that idea of like how they were able to use the politics and uh, bring it in there. He had argued. you know, he had a lot of different things that he had to pitch with it. A lot of studios didn't want to make it because they didn't want it in black and white. But a lot of studios didn't even understand this idea of like, I don't get what's happening with the, the this news thing. Because when you see it in the movie, it's not like it doesn't come off as propaganda in your face. It's just a subtle black man rooting for the other person. And mm-hmm. that was enough. Yep. They get, mm-hmm. what was it like? The, and he
2: sounded, was he was it, very articulate very he expressed there was his points perfectly, you know,
1: and it, it was, was like, just
2: the fact.
1: It was scary. Honestly, it was scary. It scary. It, it, it 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 showcased how subtle uh, something like this could be yeah, and how, how effective. It is. Yeah.
0: It might seem when when really this is like a foundational idea to so many of the problems we see with news and politics today. Mm -hmm. So that that this movie that is so much about 1930s, 1940s Hollywood also has this really relevant political commentary, I think is something that was completely caught me off guard and. Uh, the more that I've had time to sit and think about this movie, it's something that I've uh, really grown to appreciate about it. I, I did want to ask what ways in which you feel like this is is or is not a typical David Fincher movie. Because we just had a podcast recently where we uh, went through David Fincher movie bracket and talked about our favorite David Fincher movies. And... He's obviously a director who likes to do these tales of perversion and and dark underlying th- ideas in human nature. But this is maybe less of that kind of movie.
1: I feel it still it is. I feel it's still the David mm-hmm. Fincher who's calling out all of the systems that he himself has probably been in. Uh, you know, he worked in advertising as well. called... Called his own company propaganda films, so I think he <laughs> understands the power of of all of that. He's always fought for creative control, so it's like it's reminiscent of all those things. Definitely different because it's not as hard hitting. You know, you don't have the Fight Club essence mm-hmm. of it. You don't yeah. have you know the the wittiness of the Zodiac, uh, or sorry, Zodiac. Uh, but mm-hmm. even the back and forth of, the, of Zodiac um, but with Social Network. Yeah. But there's still th- those aspects of control that I think you see there uh, in the character of Manc, Um all the way down to you know the big drunk speech that he he gave, which a lot of people are looking down on. I didn't think it was it's not great. I don't think it's the best performance of the year, but I, I think mm-hmm. he does what he what he needs to do. I know a lot of people were complaining because um, technically Gary's sixty, Mank was forty, but Mank was also right. A really big alcoholic, and as the title card it tells you at the end that that ends up being where, uh, where what leads
0: to his
1: death. Um,
0: but he... Yeah, But Amanda, do you care about stuff like that? The fact that uh, Gary Oldman is an actor maybe about almost 20 years older than the man he's portraying or some people have poked holes in some of the references that bad. the movie makes yeah, to so <laughs> films like Wolfman yeah. and Frankenstein uh, that are a little anachronistic. Does that stuff ultimately deter uh, your feelings toward a movie like Manc? Um
2: It depends. Um, I think I usually end up having a bigger issue when um, they are fine like uh, you can oh well we could get like a 40 year old star but we'd rather have someone like Gary Oldman but well for the the attractive young female we have to make sure we get an attractive young female we can't get Mm -hmm. someone they don't need like Amanda Seyfried's not even as old or Seyfried sorry I you say your name um but she's not even necessarily as old as she should be for that role but I guess her character ages as it goes but yeah. Um, and
0: uh, poor Sarah, the, the poor wife, Sarah. Uh, was in real life Herman's age and yeah. is played by a much younger actress.
2: Yeah. So I usually have issues with that just because of the idea of women. They, it's very rare that you let women age in Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. and you will end up in situations where somebody's the boyfriend is the same age as a character's mom. It's just a thing, and that can get annoying. Um, some of the references sometimes it's just kind of weird if you make a reference to something that's just so outside the timeline when it would have been so easy to just kind of catch it. But I don't mm-hmm. think it ruins a good movie unless you're somebody who's just really nitpicking for little details like that. And I, I think that that's like the last thing that's important about a movie, mm-hmm. um, unless it's just like really glaringly bothersome in some way.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's to me. I felt like. All of this still felt appropriate for the story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Like even the the references to certain films of the era, it's giving you a picture of the era, even if it isn't necessarily the most accurate picture yeah. of 1934. Yeah, no, it's right? just letting you know um, like
2: this is what was big at the time. This is what people were either tired of yeah. or had already seen. Like it just it's letting you know uh, what you're dealing with, rather than it's just to kind of give you the reference, I guess, the frame of yeah. reference there. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you both feel about this film's Oscar chances? I think a lot of people felt this arrived as potentially the big contender, but it's been met with some more mixed reviews.
1: I don't know where the Oscars are going to go this year, but like people keep pretending like they know where it's going to go. Yeah. It's like, we don't know Sonic it's like, all the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I feel Gary Oldman will nab a nomination because it's Gary Oldman. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope Amanda Seyfried gets a nomination because I, I do think she did a really great job with it. Uh, I think the cinematography was fantastic as well. Uh, I don't know if it counts as visual effects, what they were able to put in, in the way that they processed the film and the uh, burns. I uh, probably not. Um, i know some people would disagree sound Uh, i thought they they did a good job with the sound if you have a Mm -hmm. if you have a good sound system at home uh, again this is a movie that even though it's on netflix i would have loved (laughs) to have seen this black and white picture at the renaissance theater i think that would have been fantastic Mm -hmm. um but i don't know what about you guys
2: kind of same boat like it's really hard to say where things are gonna go but just based on the year we've had it wouldn't Unless they really go off the rails and they're like, we're just going to let this is going to be the year we let the indie films fly and just right. give all Black these. Bear. like, Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, just like, you know, never really, sometimes, always just like let these movies that had that were just powerhouses of the year um, pick up some awards. I, I do think somebody in here is going to be nominated for something. Yeah, easily, um, easily.
0: Lily Collins. I, I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I do think it'll probably pick up like maybe six, seven Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it'll be like a favorite to win anything, I, I'm not so sure. But given the fact that we are in this weird year, and a lot of the major studios will maybe be sitting this year Oscar this year's Oscars campaigns out. Netflix has got a lot of money to throw around. This it is one. Doesn't seem like they'll be throwing it at Hillbilly Elegy. So, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, I, I could certainly see it uh, showing up at least in a few different places. Although I, I don't know if it, it'll be a favorite for anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I think we are positive on Mank. Although yeah. I, I, I would say I'm not as positive as I, I want it to be given it's a new David Fincher movie about Hollywood. That's fair. Uh, I, I, I want to watch it again. I want to, I want to try and dive a little bit deeper into it because yeah, it, it is kind of a lot on one viewing, but uh, as I've sat with it, I've, come to really like a lot of what it's trying to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely yeah
0: i mean that's how he says he makes his movies he's like my hope
1: isn't that people just see it the opening weekend my hope is that they're still watching it 10 years later that's so.
2: and honestly the social network is has yeah, now stayed, you stayed know, with me for 10 years and things that i thought were my favorite back in 2010 have kind of drifted off for me like inception
0: right what it was the fun boy? the first
2: time. It was fun the first time, and it just doesn't stack up on repeat viewing yeah. for me, at least.
1: No lie. I was seeing a little bit from the social network. I was like, nah, I just rewatched this. <laughs> I, I can't be rewatching this again. No, 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 no. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But I got it. All right. But you want to, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so let us know your thoughts on Mank in the comments down below, or again reaching out to us at Intercut Pod on social media. We are going to head to our final segment, the New to See, where we give you our picks for the week. Art, which of the people watch from home?
1: If you haven't caught what well, we've been saying every single week here, Small Axe over on uh, it called? Amazon Prime. Prime? Uh, they're they're fantastic. Zach had his two favorites aren't even my two favorites. Like, come, like how did <laughs> If you listen to us, how does that not make you excited of, of like, the content that you have waiting for you? Um, But, of course, Education and Red, White, and Blue were my top favorites, and I highly recommend those. I will be checking out another round. I've been saying that for the last three (laughs) weeks. I will not give it another week. I will be catching it. Um, But I'm not sure if we discussed this on the last one. Uh, Apple Plus has a new one. It it was Boy State. Took yeah. this long, but we finally got another one. Wolf Walkers. Uh, if you yeah. have not caught Wolf Walkers, definitely check that one out. But if you have some extra money, I believe when is Promising Young Woman coming out? December twenty
0: fifth. Uh, yeah.
2: Christmas Day. Start saving A money. Little...
0: <laughs> <laughs> another week. Another yeah. week. But oh Yeah. Wow, those are, yeah. those, those are some picks. <laughs> yeah. All right, Uh, Amanda, what should people check out?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with one of what what I've been watching this week. I check out Sound of Metal if you haven't seen it yet. I didn't really explain what it was, but it's basically a metal drummer who just um, obviously due to years of playing in such a loud environment, uh, loses his hearing um very abruptly and it's just kind of him coming to terms with that um as someone who's kind of recovering from other issues in his life and it's it's you're kind of on that precipice of whether or not uh it's going to get really worse and how Mm -hmm. he kind of like comes to uh terms with his his new life just fantastic performance just really solid solid movie
0: Highly recommend Sound of Metal as Well I would recommend you check out that I'd recommend you check out another round Art check out another round (laughs) You don't need to just have the screener link for it It's going to be available on digital this Friday So it's going to be a lot easier You don't have to find a movie theater Or or go to a movie theater Uh, It's going to be available on digital that's nice Also The Vast of Night Is available on Amazon Prime as well I was blown away by it so uh, It's one of those movies that Feel like you should check out before you assemble your best of the year list. So check out that. Check out the small Axe series because two of those movies are competing for my (laughs) best of list. So uh, a lot of good stuff to check out. Man, Amazon is killing uh, it this year. Where it's at right now. Doing good. Yeah. Uh, but that's about all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterbox at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V as in Vision I C H. And Amanda, where can people check out more from you?
2: People can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Insta- Instagram, Twitch, and anywhere else. Letterbox at Amanda the Jedi.
0: Very cool.
1: Art. You can find me at LME Explain over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that good stuff, but you can catch me every week here on the Intercut Podcast.
0: You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher I Like Overcast, and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel youtube.com slash intercutpod. We can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Friday, and please leave us a comment, like the the video and consider heading over to itunes to give us that five star review like our facebook twitter and instagram pages all of them are at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from art from me from amanda from all the guests we feature here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time this is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory i mm. said that's, that's a bar bro